The show you love with even more local, local news. news and more local talk. talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Thursday afternoon to you here in California Central Valley. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Well, been quite a day so far, hasn't it? Uh, The weather's heating up. uh, The topics are heating up. I got the coffee heated up, so let's get to it. Of course, uh, headlines today, the biggie, the biggie, the Supreme Court weighing in on uh, this case regarding uh, guns in uh, the state of New York. And this happens uh, apparently on Justice Clarence Thomas's 74th birthday. And he wrote the majority opinion uh, today uh, that overturned New York's concealed carry weapons law. It was a 6-3 opinion. I'm I'm actually surprised that Roberts joined that, but uh, he often surprises me. Anyway, it was a 6-3 opinion. Court ruled that people can carry a handgun for self-defense. If you remember, this case involved a challenge to whether states can decide who receives a concealed carry license or not. Uh, Seven states are going to be probably affected. New York, obviously one of them. The Golden State here, California, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. We'll have to see how it how it's affected here in California. Uh, I think we need to note. And by the way, in in our rush, in our instant uh, satisfaction, instant gratification culture, we want opinions right away from those in authority. We want it. Okay, what what is our sheriff going to do? What what is our governor going to do? What and the. The decision just came out today, and so I think we need to cool our heels just a little bit. Let's see, because I'm sure sheriffs up and down the state are consulting with their legal uh, counsels and uh, determining what they need to do, if anything, to uh, revise, to tweak their uh, their CCW uh, permit process. Uh, here's what we need to note, and haven't heard a lot about this today, but the AP uh, tells us that Justice Brett Kavanaugh was joined by Chief Justice John Roberts, noting limits of the decision. AP is reporting that Justices Kavanaugh and Roberts say that states can still require people to get a license to carry a gun, Kavanaugh said, and uh, the condition that uh, uh, that license is conditional upon fingerprinting, a background check, a mental health records check, and training in firearms handling and in the laws regarding the use of force, among other possible requirements. So I, I think basically what this drastically addresses is the very draconian laws that New York had. Uh, here in Stanislaus County, anyway, I think we have a pretty fair system. Uh, if you do your due diligence and you get properly trained and you uh, keep your training up, uh, why, I, I think there's a pretty fair system on getting a CCW permit. Again, I don't know if this decision today really is going to affect a lot of counties such as Stanislaus, but uh, but we will find out. 
And we certainly want to give you a voice on your reaction to this opinion. That's why we're here on the Mike Douglas Show with uh, iHeartMedia's blessing of being live and local. What do you think? A good decision by the Supreme Court. Do you think it's going to have a major effect upon sheriffs up and down the state, depending on what county you're in? Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483, your opinion on the Supreme Court. Opinion today written by, the majority opinion, opinion written by Justice Clarence Thomas on his 74th birthday. Happy birthday, Justice Thomas. I happen to think that Justice Clarence Thomas uh, will go down in history as one of the great justices of all time. The man is brilliant. He has quite a story. He has weathered the storms. He has stood in the face of half-truths, allegations. He has withstood the slings and arrows of uh, those who literally hate him. And he still does what he does with excellence. I admire Chief Justice, I admire um, Associate Justice Clarence Thomas. Also worthy to note, some of the reaction already uh, coming out. Governor Gavin Newsom here in California, of course, called it a dark day in America. Dark day in America. Senator uh, Dianne Feinstein California product said that uh, the 6-3 decision means, quote, more people will carry guns in bars and shopping malls and churches, hospitals, movie theaters, even schools. Well, maybe, maybe not. Uh, The point is, Senator Feinstein, that perhaps more people will be able to uh, carry law-abiding people who will, in a very, in very, very legal way, be able to carry firearms to protect themselves. That's very American, Senator Feinstein. I, uh, I think so. And, of course, on, on the other side of things, the Heritage Foundation calls it a good day for the sanctity of the Constitution and, of course, the National Rifle Association uh, happy about uh, the ruling as well. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? 209-551-3483. Again, I think we need to be a little bit careful about prognostications here until our local officials uh, have the opportunity to review the law, seek their legal counsel, and uh, make an opinion on this. I, I think as far as New York goes, and we've heard a lot of input from uh, people who live in New York, uh, a lot of commentators, uh, radio and television people who live in New York, that they really have laws <clears throat> laws that are pretty prohibitive. Very, very hard to get a CCW permit in uh, in New York City. Uh, but I'm I'm thinking uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein when and, and I think she means this in a negative way. She thinks it's not a good idea that more people will carry guns in bars, shopping malls, in churches, hospitals, movie theaters, even schools. I think that's a good thing. Don't you think that's a good thing? I mean, let's look at at some of the recent attacks in schools. Let's look at some of the recent attacks in churches where people have been killed. What, What about if parishioners there were legally carrying 
firearms and uh, we're trained and we're uh, permitted to do so. Hmm. And movie theaters, I'm all for it. Even schools, of course, you know, we've got this law that you can't have a firearm within, what is it, a thousand feet of a school? I'm doing that from memory. I may be wrong on the, uh, on the footage, but uh, the, we'll see how this affects that as well. So I think a lot needs to be seen as yet. Um, my opinion is I think it's a great, uh, I think it's a great decision by uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, the 6-3 opinion doesn't surprise me, although Justice Roberts always is a, is a curious anomaly uh, to me. I, I think he is very political. Uh, there are some times when I'm surprised that he's on the conservative side, and there's many times when I'm not surprised he's on the not conservative side. But on this one, uh, he, he aligned with Chief, uh, with, uh, keep calling him Chief, that's probably a Freudian slip. I would. It, if I had, if I had the ability to knight people as Supreme Court justices and Chief Justices, I would knight Clarence Thomas as the Chief Justice. Again, I just have a lot of respect for him. Well, you know who else I have a lot of respect for? His name's Dan Phipps. Modesto home prices—they're rising. Inventories low. Interest rate hikes mean price fluctuations. So selling your home now with an aggressive, experienced agent, that's the right move to maximize your equity. Would you like to move closer to work? Think maybe? I don't know if I can afford it. Well, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program, it's designed to maximize your sales price. I love these terms. You're in complete control. No costly repairs required. No long-term contracts. And you pick your move date. Dan, he's even willing to help you find a new home before you move. Michelle Modesto knows all about that. She was helping her dad sell his home. They needed top dollar to help fund his retirement. Understand that. Well, Michelle interviewed several agents, found out Dan had the right plan to make only necessary improvements, and he could market the home for top dollar. Michelle says Dan over-delivered on her high expectations, got her dad thousands more than their goal. So call Dan Phipps. Dan's the man I recommend. I'd hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111 or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. And we'll come back to the phones at 209 551 3483. Barbara and Stockton will be up first in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Amendment number two a well regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. And today, the Supreme Court, by a 6-3 to three decision, a majority opinion written by Justice Clarence Thomas, says that the laws in New York violated the Second Amendment. 
Let's get your read on it, as we have uh, also gotten the read of several California officials along the way. Uh, Let's go uh, up the road a piece to Stockton. Our phone number here, 209-551-3483. Let's go to Barbara. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to the show today. Oh, well, thank you, Mike, for taking my call. Now, I wish you would check this, but I distinctly remember several years ago when Diane Feinstein was running for office and they was talking about her on the radio, I distinctly remember them saying that she had a permit to carry a gun. Now, at her age now, I don't know if she still has it, but I remember when they was talking about the different uh, people that were running for office, that came up. So if you could check it out, but I, I remember them saying that she had a permit to carry a gun. And, and you know, I'm just thinking about uh, hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah, Barbara. So and check it out, but I remember them saying that. Yes, our, uh, our, uh, our team is on it, uh, Barbara. And uh, there was an excerpt uh, from an article in the L.A. Times uh, going back to March of 2018, and they were saying Uh that uh, following the Harvey Milk assassination and and such, uh, Dianne Feinstein uh, was trained by police to use a Smith & Wesson 38 five-shot revolver. Uh Not what I'd choose to carry these days, but that's okay, and obtained a permit to carry a concealed weapon. Uh, and then, oh, good. Well, then it was right it, what I heard. Uh-huh. It, it looks like you're, you're correct. Now, I'm going to say this with a caveat, uh, Barbara. Uh, having mm-hmm. several post-secondary degrees under my belt, I'm, I'm big on doing good research. And when I'm doing academic research, I don't use w- Wikipedia. However, it does have its uses as a starting point sometimes. It's re- according to one of its archives... Uh, that she indeed, Mrs. Feinstein, holds a CCW permit, or at least used to, and owns several handguns. And uh, uh-huh. she uh, apparently acquired a concealed weapons permit at some point. So, Barbara, I think uh, as far as we know at this point, your recollection, your recollections are correct, uh, which would make this a very uh, hypocritical statement. But I think it's, yes. what's funny to me, Barbara, is I'm sure uh, Senator Feinstein meant it as a negative. More people will carry guns in bars, shopping malls, and churches, hospitals, movie theaters, even schools. I say, good. Yay. What do you say? Well, I say good, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But thank you for taking my call, Mike. Uh, all right, Barbara. Thanks so much for your call. We appreciate it. Barbara from Stockton uh, weighing again again on this uh, decision from the Supreme Court today, 6-3, to three, basically striking down the very, very draconian uh, laws regarding uh, concealed weapon permits in New York. Again, whether or not that will affect us, uh, for example, here in Stanislaus County, I don't know. Again, I want to emphasize that the AP is reporting that uh, Justices Kavanaugh and Chief Justice Roberts uh, were noting that fingerprinting, a background check, a mental health records check, and training in firearms handling and in laws regarding the use of force, uh, among other possible requirements, are probably still going to be in effect. So apparently it's not a 
carte blanche, don't need a permit anymore, and we can just go out and, and carry a concealed weapon. Uh, what it addresses, uh, I believe, mostly is, uh, is the process of qualifying someone for a CCW permit. And, and it's still, according to their statements here in the report from the AP, uh, would say that those elements of background checks, fingerprinting and such, are, are still part of the process. So again, I'm not sure how much this will really affect us in Stanislaus County, other counties possibly more so. Uh, but I, I, what's interesting to me, and maybe you've heard uh, some of the news reports today off and on, and I, I keep hearing, uh, especially people at the state level who are very critical of this particular uh, decision, saying, well, it limits the state's ability to blah, 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 blah. Well, that's the whole point of the Second Amendment, or a large point of the Second Amendment is government getting out of control and having too much control, isn't it? it part, part of the reason of allowing a, a citizens of a nation to be armed is to provide some accountability to the government people above them. When government starts taking away weapons and the ability to push back, we're in deep wahooey. Deep Wahooey is a uh, theological uh, theological term. So, what do you think about, let's say, the California Republicans? You think they're going to stand up and, and defend the Second Amendment? You think they're going to voice their support? Or do you think that some of them are going to be, no pun intended, gun-shy about that? And I don't want to rankle any feathers, maybe, of people who are on the... Uh, on the fence. I, I'm hoping that those who oppose it will stand up and say we oppose the, uh, we don't like the Supreme Court decision. On the other hand, I really hope those who affirm it will have the spines and the guts to stand up and say, yes, we think this is a righteous decision. Uh, of course, Rob Bonta, California's uh, attorney general, uh, he uh, he's, he's, going to design a bill to to try to counteract it i wonder uh, i wonder uh, what what he's thinking in terms of his uh his race uh, for ag how, how does that figure into it i've always wondered when decisions like this come up against midterms uh against election times i wonder how many politicians really don't say what they really believe because they're afraid to offend someone don't you wish they would just stand up and say with that? And I credit, by the way, I credit Diane Feinstein for saying what she believes. Good. Good. We know where she stands. That's important. I think. And I'm just waiting for Republicans here in the state to uh, do the same. Are they going to stand up and are they going to voice their support? I wonder as well, do you think this is going to be a major uh, issue uh, support or criticism of the Supreme Court decision, you think that's going to be a major issue coming up to the general election, uh, or the midterms, rather, coming up on uh, November 8. Uh, be very interesting, very interesting to see. I think nationally uh, we're going to see that, but I'm wondering here in, in the state of California with some of our uh, elections here whether that will play a part or not. 
By, by the way, just a reminder, a program note for tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we're going to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the founding of Advancing Vibrant Communities. 20 years of loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves ha- hardly seems possible. So tomorrow, amongst other topics we would normally talk about on our Friday, on What's On Your Mind Friday, we'll also open the phones. And if you've been served by Advancing Vibrant Communities or AVC, or if you'd just like to say congratulations, we'll open the phones tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. Uh, for you to voice your congratulations there as we celebrate the 20th anniversary of ABC. That's coming up tomorrow. Coming up in five minutes are your calls. We'll get to you, James and Manteca, all coming up in five minutes. It's on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show, now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online, take the Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas with you, your concierge for conversation as we talk about the issues of the day that affect you and me directly right here in California's Central Valley. And today, I tell you, it's, uh, of course, the, the, the nation is waiting with bated breath or what probably uh, will come down tomorrow, and of course that is the uh, the decision that may affect Roe v. Wade. But today, a biggie, where the Supreme Court uh, six to three, under the majority opinion of uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, said New York, your laws regarding CCWs and such violate the Second Amendment. Well, let's get your read on that opinion today. Our number two zero nine five five one. 3483. Up the road we go again to Manteca and to James. Hi, James. Welcome to the show today. Yes. Hi, Mike. You know, every time I hear the introduction of your show, I, Mike, uh, Michael Douglas, I think of the streets of San Francisco. Every way my brain goes <laughs> right to that. I used to, I was a diehard watching that show all well, the time. It was a great show, yeah. And you know, a name like a name like Michael Douglas, that's pretty common, but you don't hear it anymore. Like my name, I'm a James Smith, and you don't hear, a lot of people don't even believe that's my name when I go and, you know, give a, pay, pay with a credit card, or they say, oh, is hey, that right? they, more in for they, get, they go, yeah, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, and I'm so, and Elvis Presley, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> you know, guns, I don't, I don't have a gun, I, I don't care what people do with the gun, but... All, the, the politicians, the governors, the Gavin Newsoms, they all think they're going to get rid of the guns and the people. There's always going to be the Lee Harvey Oswald type, the guy that sits in the bedroom watching a, a TV and watching these shows, how to kill people, how to kill massive people. Or there's going to be a guy in a, in a, in a fort up like, um, oh, that guy in Idaho, Weaver. He was going to kill, kill somebody, and you just you can't stop it. Would you like to, would I like to stop it? Sure, but you're just not going to be able to. Um, maybe there'll be several Lee Harvey Oswald types, young kids. Uh, that's just my thought of it all. You're, so, I, and if I, I can ask you a question as an ex-policeman. Yes, sir. As, can I ask you as an ex-policeman? You guys were trained to kill, um, and they got that in you, I guess, at the academy. I don't know anything about this, so... Whatever your answer worth is is fine with me. But why 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 is it you guys were trained? Every policeman's trained to kill. I know that theory. Well, if he gets up, if he's wounded, is that the answer? If he gets up and he's wounded and he can kill the police officer, 
then that's why you're trained to kill? Uh, I think the and, and I'm going I'm going back uh, over 33, 35 years now, James. So I'm I'm giving you the way I was trained a couple of decades ago. All right. So I'm going to frame it in, in that, that way. way too now? What's what's that? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I was uh, say isn't it still that way? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. The 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 philosophy behind it, and this is how I understood it, is that. You don't pull the trigger unless you intend to destroy what's between the barrel of that gun and you. Uh, Well, what's in front of the barrel of that gun, rather. Uh, In other words, you don't pull the gun to wound someone. you're, You're going to wind up hurting a whole bunch of people if you do that. Hollywood has given us this ridiculous idea. Well, just shoot him in the knee or just shoot him in the foot. Or just shoot him in the, you know, shoot the gun out of the, no, no. Uh, in a, in, and usually, and this goes back to my training, they, they told us in the academy at that time anyway, James, that the average shootout at that time didn't last more than about three to five seconds maximum. And so there's only oh, one okay. reason to pull that gun out, and that means that you need to protect life and property, and you're either protecting your life or you're protecting someone else's life. And so you don't shoot to wound, you shoot to kill. If you're going to shoot to wound, put your gun back in your holster and don't bring it out. That, that same principle, James, applies today with CCW training. And I would say for the responsible and the good range masters, the, the good instructors, uh, and, and this is the way uh, mine put it, uh, the guy that I go to a lot uh, for my training and retraining, is uh, think about it as a, a checkbox. And the checkbox says, am I willing to kill someone with this gun? If you can't check that checkbox, put the gun away, put it in the safe, and never get it out again. Or sell it uh there's only did they one ever, did they ever did they ever at the academy do a scenario where it could be your own child uh just has a gun and he's aiming at you then what do you do uh nope nope did not have that scenario uh, but that, that's all okay. about training as well and and that is part of responsible gun ownership is that you don't have weapons anywhere where children can get a hold of them or or when they're of a responsible age to train them how to in gun safety and how to responsibly use a weapon uh i think that's that's highly important uh so no the i'll tell you what the scenarios uh, were just very quickly uh james we had down there what was called hogan's alley and uh, it was out there um, off of uh, I-5. They're headed uh, over the pass, but anyway, near, near the Pitches Ranch. But anyway, okay. they, they had a whole Hogan's, uh, they called it Hogan's Alley. And uh, there, there were a bunch of scenarios, and, and you, you, they gave us, uh, they, they were guns, but they were, they were plugged, and they didn't have real bullets in them or anything. But the idea was that you were placed in, accurate scenarios and of course that time we didn't have the digital things that we have today so uh instructors would would jump out of dumpsters 
uh, as you're as you're handling oh, a call in an alleyway, you roll up on it. You and your partner get out, and and you're walking down the alleyway. Suddenly, a guy appears uh, up out of the dumpster, and it's a quick decision: is he armed? Isn't he armed? Is he a threat? Is he not a threat? And how many seconds do you have to decide to decide whether you pull the trigger or not? And and so that's the important kind of training that we need to have the the shoot no shoot type things, and that's why. We were constantly trained over and over and over and over again because, as I mentioned very time, uh, many times, we respond the way we train, just like an athlete. If an uh-huh. athlete's in the starting blocks, uh-huh. the athlete isn't thinking, okay, I have my, my foot in the starting block here. I have my other foot here. When the gun goes off, I'm going to do No, they've already trained on all of that so when the gun goes off there's automatic muscle memory so to speak and they know what to do because they've trained to do it and the same thing goes with uh officer training you train and train and train and train again so that when something bad goes down you respond the way that you've been trained to respond and 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 uh it it I don't want to say it becomes automatic. It's not that it's automatic, but you you, you respond to the threat in the way that you've been res, uh, taught to respond to threats. And I think uh, even in CCW training, James, that realistic, for example, in some of the training that I've been through in the past, uh, they've done scenarios where they'll put a, uh, a little uh, round uh, restaurant table out on the range. And so we're all uh-huh. sitting there like we're having lunch together. And then all of a sudden uh, they'll yell threat. And you, you, you do what you're trained to do in terms of seeking cover and looking where the threat is. And you decide whether you need to fire or not. That was a really long answer to your very short question. I don't know if that helped or not. Sounds like you still got it. You remember everything there is in detail. Like you get up and give a, a speech on a podium. You still got it. Well, I, but I really like your show. Listen to it every day, and uh, God, they should pay you more money if anybody's listening. Don't you agree? <laughs> I'll listen, see you. Listen, James, if I did it for the money, I wouldn't be here. I'm I'm here because I believe that's what God wants me to do. But anyway, James, thanks for the call. Thanks for the job. compliment. Really appreciate you calling. All right, James from Manteca. Yes, appreciate that very much. All right, uh, and and by the way, James uh, mentioned my memory. I remember. Uh, in great detail, a lot of my training in the academy 35 years ago, whatever it was, and I think that's because it was constant and because it was serious. And we knew that the lives of the public depended upon us training well. I can almost, I mean, in, in great detail, I, I can, and I'm, my memory's not that great all the time, but I can remember a lot. And I can remember in that, uh, in those, uh, uh, those Hogan's Alley type scenarios there, I got killed a couple times and it didn't take me long to learn what I needed to do to make sure that I wasn't the one being killed. Uh, so Anyway, all, all that to say, training is so important. And this is my, we'll, we'll come back in a couple minutes and take more phone calls, but this is my encouragement to you. If you have weapons, and, and I don't tell you what to do, it's my encouragement to you. If you have weapons, if you have a CCW permit, 
please train on a regular basis. Absolutely necessary. Absolutely necessary that you keep up on your training. So anyway, we'll leave it at that. We'll be back with uh, more of your thoughts about the Supreme Court decision coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Thank you for joining us today on this uh, warm Thursday afternoon in California's Central Valley. Uh, hot, hot, actually, and so are the topics, and so is my coffee. And as, as, as you know, as long as the coffee holds out, the Mike Douglas Show holds out as well. So uh, here we go. Talking about today, of course, the uh, decision of the United States Supreme Court uh, on a 6-3 decision telling uh, the state of New York, nope, your CCW laws regarding carrying guns uh, violate the Second Amendment. Uh, there's a, another interesting, and we've been, t- by the way, if you'd still like to uh, weigh in on that, we'd love to hear your opinion. 209-551-3483. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what what we're hearing is the inevitable hysteria. Uh, the mayor of New York, uh, it's going to be the wild, wild west, right? Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, dark day for America. It's the sky is falling, the sky is falling routine. And I, I just long for the day when people from different political parties can just and maybe they're being real. Maybe they're being real. Maybe, maybe that's what they really think. I, I don't know. Logical, intelligent people just, I, I don't know how you arrive at that conclusion that it's suddenly going to become the wild, wild west. By the way, I remember that TV show? Remember that with um, Robert Conrad and Ross Martin? I think I watched every one of those episodes of the wild wild west one of my favorite shows growing i loved the theme song too i loved everything about that show i like them being on the train and uh their their adventures together i just uh and and it was one of the you know kind of tongue-in-cheek in in many many ways it was kind of uh the, you know the james bond of the old west i love that show anyway the do you remember that show yeah, I I do. I what what happened to great shows like that? Anyway, uh, just talking about this decision. There was another decision uh, that came out today as well. This one I'm not as familiar with in terms of uh, the effects it will have, but uh, the Supreme Court tweaked a little bit the uh, uh, the uh, ability to enforce Miranda rights. Of course, that's. Uh, Remember the Miranda decision a long time ago uh, where people, as they're being uh, arrested, are told that they have the right to remain silent, they have a right to an attorney, etc. And this is an interesting um, nuance on this. And what it does basically is protect police officers from being sued. If I understand it correctly... Uh, the decision would reduce protection against self-incrimination 
It also means if the warning doesn't happen, in other words, if the police officer fails to administer the Miranda warning, it would not leave open a path to sue the police officer civilly for not Mirandizing the suspect. That's very interesting. I know that sounds a little uh, little complicated. In fact, I had to uh, had to read that a couple of times. The new ruling uh, apparently says suspects not warned about the Miranda rights will not be able to sue police officers for damages. So that uh, there's uh, a bit of a additional protection for police officers. There, we talk about police officer immunity and uh, how that's really gone by the wayside. Uh, everybody wants to sue the police, take them to court, uh, criminally charge them if, uh, if at all possible. And I believe what this has led to is a decline in the passion amongst some departments to proactively enforce the law. In other words, if you know that you're going to get sued, if you know that a good bust, well, I'm going to have to put my house and my wife and my kids at risk, my career at risk to do the right thing because some lawyer out there, some defense lawyer is going to uh, come along with this suspect and decide that I'm civilly negligent for not Mirandizing them or whatever it might be. I think we've done a lot of damage. Do police officers need to be held accountable? Absolutely. But we've gone, as we often do, the pendulum has swung so far the other way against police officers, not only in terms of defunding them, but intentionally, I think, demoralizing them, that we've, uh, we, we've seen uh, the result of that in an increase of, in violence and crime and the smash and grabs and all of that, this ridiculous uh, business about, well, we're not going to prosecute them un- unless, uh, you know, it's uh, $950 or more or over $1,000. Uh, California especially has done so much to damage uh, the police officer's ability to, to legally and appropriately carry out the law. No pun intended, but they've handcuffed them. Nan- handcuffed them. Uh, by the way, I just uh, uh, sent a uh, quick message to our former uh, retired FBI agent, Bob, asking him, uh, he wasn't listening to our discussion about uh, shooting versus wounding, but he, uh, he agrees uh, with my take many years ago is, is still what he says is, is proper. Uh, you never, as a firearms instructor, he said, never trained anyone to wound, but shoot center mass. Uh, because if, if you bring out your weapon, the purpose of that is to stop the threat. And you don't do that by wounding. In fact, he says, if you shoot to wound, you may uh, kill the person or the person, you may still kill the person, but you may kill the person behind them or, or around them. You know, those bullets ricochet. And so uh, shooting for center mass is, uh, is how we're, we're trained. So thank you, Bob, for that affirmation. Uh, and, and again, I think the problem is that Hollywood has skewed our idea of how law enforcement uh, really operates. And believe me, my friends, unless you've been in a, no, in a shoot, no shoot scenario, a real one, um, you have a new appreciation for what's involved. 
I mean, people Monday morning quarterback that can make it sound like so he's, oh, well, why, just shoot him in the knee or uh, shoot him in the foot or, or shoot that weapon out of their hand. What's wrong with you? Well, you just don't understand the whole dynamic involved in that. And the fact that, and, the, and again, this applies to CCWs today as well. If you bring out that gun, there's only one reason to bring out that gun and point it at someone, and that is to kill them. That's the only reason to bring that gun out. If you if you can't check the box saying, I'm willing to kill that person, the gun should never come out. And if you can't, if you're waffling on that box at all, well, I don't know. I'll I'll wait till I get in the situation. See what see see what happened. No, if if you don't know, I'm saying the a general you. If people don't know whether they can take the life of someone else or not, if they're a threat to them or their family, they shouldn't have a weapon. That's my opinion. What about you? Those of you who have CCWs or have uh, handled guns your whole life. You agree with that? Don't bring the gun out if you don't plan to destroy what's in front of the barrel. And that means what's in front of it, what's beyond it, what's between it, all of that counts. All right, we'll be back in uh, five minutes. Uh, We'll talk more about uh, the Supreme Court, other decisions, and approval ratings for Mr. Biden coming up in five minutes on Power Talk 1360. KFIV. The show you love. Talking about the issues that are important to you. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to our number two of the Mike Douglas Show here on this Thursday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. As we get our number two uh, underway, just uh, one or two more footnotes on the Supreme Court decision today. Again, six to three opinion, uh, the majority opinion written by Justice Clarence Thomas telling the state of New York, nope, you're violating the Second Amendment. And that uh, that that may affect uh, several states, including us, uh, possibly Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see over the next few days uh, what kind of reactions uh, sheriffs have to that, as, as sheriffs really have the, uh, the decisions on how CCW permits are meted out here in the state of California. I just want to give you Governor Gavin Newsom's reaction to the Supreme Court decision today. This uh, press release came out uh, earlier today. Uh, Again, this is from the governor's office. Governor Gavin Newsom today issued the following statement after the Supreme Court's ruling on a New York concealed carry law. Quote, While this reckless decision erases a common-sense gun safety law that existed for decades 
California anticipated this moment. Our administration has been working closely with the Attorney General and the legislature for months. Our state is ready with a bill that will be heard next week to update and strengthen our public carry law and make it consistent with the Supreme Court ruling, just as Chief Justice Roberts and Justice Kavanaugh said states like California are free to do. But make no mistake, this is a radical decision, says Governor Newsom. Today's court thinks that gun regulations should be frozen in time and that if there wasn't a similar law in existence in the 1700s or 1800s, then a state can't pass it now, no matter how important it is to protect people from the modern horror of gun violence. The governor concludes by saying our state will continue to lead in the fight to keep our people safe. They're doing so well in that. Parenthetically, I say, picking up with his comments next week, I will have 16 new gun safety bills on my desk, including a bill that will allow individuals to sue gun makers and distributors for violating certain gun laws. I look forward to signing all of those bills. California has proven that common sense gun laws save lives and we will continue to stand up to those in political power who enable and coddle the gun industry. So says Governor Gavin Newsom. Uh, do you have a response that I can air to Governor Gavin Newsom today to that? I want to make sure I offer you that opportunity today. Would you like to respond to that statement from Governor Gavin Newsom? Uh, 209-551-3483. 209-551-3483. Going to be very interesting to see what's in the content of those uh, 16 bills. It, It seems that the progressive Democrats of today you know, we don't have many Joe Liebermans anymore, do we? Uh, but the progressive Democrats of today are bound and determined to not be slowed down nor stymied by the law. We see that happening in Washington, D.C. If you agree with those who are in power, if you are aligning with their narrative, you're free to do what you need to do. Well, what do you mean, Mike? Well, let's take a look at the protesters in front of Amy Coney Barrett's house, in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house, for example. 18 U.S.C. 1507 says that they're prohibited from doing that specifically. You cannot do that in front of a justice's residence. Do you see any federal prosecutions over that? No, no. No, we're focusing our attention on January 6, 2021, and on uh, a president, uh, former president, who's no longer in office. That's what's important. By the way, have you been following the January 6 hearings? Uh, me neither. Well, what do you mean, Mike? Why, why, isn't that your job? Isn't that part of your job here? I, I, well, in fact, a, a fellow pastor uh, of mine, and we, were, we have a prayer online prayer group on Wednesday nights and he just asked me he says so what what's your opinion on the on the hearings I said well I uh, I watched the first one for about 45 minutes and I I'd, I'd give it an A as a showpiece 
or a docudrama, I would give it an F as a hearing. It's not a hearing. Can you imagine being taken to court with allegations made against you in front of the whole na- in front of the whole world and you weren't allowed to defend yourself? It mocks the very system that we have of the rule of law in the United States of America. What's happening in these January 6 hearings is flouting the law, the rule of law. It is not a hearing. Now, if they want to call it a a showpiece or a uh, made-for-TV drama or a docudrama, great. Uh, They've they've got all of the videos, and it's uh, somewhat well orchestrated. I'd give it, you know, the first day I'd probably, as a showpiece, give it an A. But as a legal proceeding, I'd give it an F. And as long as they proceed with no opportunity for those who are being accused to defend themselves, not watching it, not watching, not giving it an ounce, a tidbit, a micron of credibility, none. So I'm, I'm not watching it at all. And really, um, I'll, I'll read synopsises probably synopses, but um, not not real worried about it. By the way, uh, in talking about the Supreme Court decision, according to a uh, a new poll by Gallup, just 25% of Americans have a great deal of confidence in the U.S. Supreme Court. Isn't that interesting? I wonder after this week if those poll numbers will shift. I wonder if those poll numbers will shift. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, if they come out with a decision tomorrow on, on Dodds that, that may affect Roe v. Wade, I don't know. Maybe this decision would affect those who took part of the poll. But anyway, according to Gallup, and this would be for, uh, before, obviously, today's decision, uh, they're saying only a quarter of Americans have a great deal of confidence in the U.S. Supreme Court. Very interesting. What do you think about today's decision? Do you have confidence in our Supreme Court, our number two? 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And let's go down a road apiece to series. And Richard, hi, Richard. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Hi, Mike. Um, I was just um, want to put the word out there that people have a right to make citizens arrest. Uh, like on the Supreme Court justices, if they have the penal code for that, them breaking the law, that they have the right to make a citizen's arrest, use reasonable force to take them down. And uh, I tried to do that to Gavin Newsom, but I didn't do my homework. I went to San Francisco and tried to do a citizen's arrest on him. And all I got out of it was a parking ticket. (laughs) And they took my driver's license and um, put me on some list. That's fascinating. What what did you attempt to uh, arrest him for on, on the citizen's arrest? Uh, it was when he was doing these illegal marriages. Oh. And um, so the governor, uh, Schwarzenegger, said, I can't do nothing. And even George Bush said he can't do nothing. Well, citizens have a right to make citizens arrest. And the police officers have to act on it and if you're in the wrong, they can sue you for false arrest. So why don't somebody arrest those people at the Supreme Court justices? 
Yeah, look, and, and let me address that in a moment. I, I'm very curious about this experience that that you had. Now, this was while uh, while Gavin uh, Newsom was the the mayor of San Francisco. Is that right? Yes, sir. Okay. So what what happened to you? Uh, what 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 was the outcome? What what did they? You, you said they took your license. What was the outcome? What what happened to you that day? Uh, they they didn't do anything to me other than give me a parking ticket outside. First, I parked across the street. Uh, KOVR 13 was right across the street, and um, I went in there. And this lady at the desk, she I I told her what I was up to that I was going to go make a citizen's arrest because he's doing illegal marriages at that time it was, and uh, she said, "Well, you can't arrest the mayor." Well, why not? The mayor is no better than anybody else. Okay. All right. Well, I was just very curious about that. That's interesting. Richard, thanks for the call. I appreciate that very much. And uh, Richard, I've got to go here for a couple minutes. When I come back, I want to answer your question about uh, the issue of making a citizen's arrest in front of the uh, uh, justices' houses. And uh, thanks for your call. Thanks for bringing that up. I'll I'll answer that question that uh, Richard brought up in three minutes. Coming up here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. You're listening to the Mike Douglas Show, the voice of the Valley. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. <laughs> really, uh, Richard from Series gets the award for the the most interesting call uh, of the day, I think, in terms of he, he tried to make an, a, a citizen's arrest of Mayor Gavin Newsom when he was mayor of San Francisco for performing same-sex marriages uh, when it was uh, uh, against the law. Uh, he he did, wasn't allowed to, to get to Governor Newsom. They said, no, you can't arrest the mayor. And it wound up that they checked him out, looked at his license, and, and gave him a ticket for parking in the wrong place, I guess. Uh, but his question was, why, why don't they just make citizens' arrests on those uh, protesters, those demonstrators, in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes? Uh, and as we've talked about a lot, 18 U.S.C., United States Code, subsection 1507, specifically states that you may not demonstrate in front of the residence of a, uh, a judge or a, a justice. Uh, it's very clear. There's, there's no ambiguity there. They're obviously in violation. The problem is that the United States uh, in the Biden administration, the Biden Justice Department, uh, chooses not to enforce that. <laughs> And so, but here, here's, let me address the question that Richard brought up because it's a good question. What if somebody was there to make a citizen's arrest? Now, generally citizens arrest, uh, the, uh, the way they are conducted, the laws surrounding them vary a little bit from state to state. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a lawyer nor a defense lawyer, nor a prosecutor. Uh, but let me go from memory here in California, basically, uh, you can make a citizen's arrest for uh, a public offense, a misdemeanor that happens in your presence, uh, committed or was attempted to be committed in your presence. You, you witness it. Uh, or whether someone's a committed a felony may not have been in your presence, but you believe they committed a felony. 
and um, if there's reasonable cause to believe that person has uh, committed it. All right. So the problem with this scenario with the Supreme Court justices' homes and the protesters and the demonstrators out in front of them is we're dealing with federal law. I do not believe that you can make a citizen's arrest for a federal law. This is not uh, state law they're violating. This is not municipal codes they're violating. Uh, This is federal law that they're violating. And so, Richard, that's the issue. uh, And I believe I'm correct on this. I researched this a long time ago. Uh, but my my understanding still at this point is that you cannot make a citizen's arrest for a federal violation of a federal law. And so that's uh, that's why that's probably not happening uh, with citizens in that area. But the question is, how come Merrick Garland, as uh, the head guy, as the uh, U.S. Attorney General, how come he's not? leading the charge here on clearing them out, having them arrested and prosecuted. That's a rhetorical question, of course, because there are varying levels of jurisprudence in the United States of America. The law doesn't apply to those who hold the power, who hold the influence, which is, which is sad, isn't it? Don't you think that's sad? You say, oh, Mike, that doesn't. Well, of course it happens. We, we, we saw it in the, in the riots of uh, 2020, the summer of 2020. Right? How many people did we see being arrested? How many people did we see being prosecuted? They're burning down police stations. They're burning down minority-owned businesses. They're burning down uh, government buildings. They're attacking people. They're attacking police. So, well, here's, here's an example what do you think is going to happen to uh, Mr. Pelosi? Paul Pelosi, drunk driving. What, what do you think will happen with that? I'll be very interested to see. I'll be very interested to see. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll have to see. So again, uh, just uh, to, to round out the discussion of the, uh, of the Supreme Court, according to Gallup, Preceding uh, this week's decisions, just 25% of Americans have a great deal of confidence. Now, I think a great deal, that's in quotes. I don't know that I have a great deal of confidence in the Supreme Court. I, I have confidence in it in terms as, uh, of one being one of the three branches of federal government. Whether I have confidence that the decisions will be righteous, I think that varies from court to court to court. Do I think all the justices make decisions strictly based on constitutional law? No, I I do not. And maybe that's why that's reflected in the 25% of people not feeling a great deal of confidence in the the Supreme Court. So I... We'll, we'll see. And, and, of course, tomorrow, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, we, we think, possibly, that the decision uh, that may affect Roe v. Wade may come down tomorrow. And anyway, here, I was thinking about this. Do not misquote me or read me wrong on this, please. 
But this Jane's Revenge and some other people on, on the radical left are threatening violence against pro-life ministries and pro-life organizations and pro-life pregnancy centers. I wonder what would happen if the good people of a community just decided to, to go and park near that their local pregnancy center that's pro-life and not, not, to, not to do anything in terms of violence or law enforcement, but just to be observers. And the, the minute that they, that they see something happening at midnight, one, two, three, four in the morning, uh, call it in. Wouldn't that be something? Here they're threatening all this violence if the decision comes down the way the leaked decision was written, that indeed it might overturn Roe v. Wade. And, of course, it doesn't outlaw abortions at all, does it? No, that, that's part of the lie. But what would happen if good people of a community just got together and parked near those centers just to make sure if anything happened that they could call law enforcement right away? Huh. What would happen if if that happened? I'm just wondering. Not Again, don't take me wrong on that. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just wondering in my mind about what good citizens might do in response to threats like that. All right. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk more in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show. Going to talk about George Goscone in five minutes here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's more with the voice of the valley, Mike Douglas on Power Talk 1360 KFIV and streamed on the iHeartRadio app. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Again, a program note for tomorrow. Of course, if the Supreme Court decision that affects Roe v. Wade comes out tomorrow, uh, that will be uh, a major topic of conversation, of course. But also uh, another topic of conversation tomorrow is we'll be celebrating the 20th anniversary of the founding of Advancing Vibrant Communities. Uh, 20 years believe it or not, of uh, loving God with everything we have, loving our neighbors as ourselves through volunteer services 365 days a year. We'll open the phones during the show tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. And uh, if you'd like to voice your congratulations to Advancing Vibrant Communities or if you've uh, served with us or you've been served by us, or if you're a supporter, we'd love to hear from you. Again, that's tomorrow on Friday on What's on Your Mind Friday here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Talking about uh, a recent poll, Gallup survey, showing that just 25% of Americans have a great deal of confidence in the Supreme Court. Another poll here, this is by uh, Quinnipiac University, they are showing, and this, is a, this survey was conducted earlier this month, they found that 22% of Americans ages 18 to 34 approve of President Biden's performance. 20, only 22% of Americans 18 to 34 approve of President Biden's performance. That's the lowest rating of any age group in the survey. And this is interesting 
just 24% of Hispanic voters. And 49% of black voters say they approve of Biden's work. And then they break it down. Uh, let's see. Fellow senior citizens. Apparently the uh, senior crowd likes him. Uh, he has a 43% approval uh, rating amongst people 65 and older. And uh, Democrats uh, have a 79% approval rating. And from people who have a four-year college degree, 51%. That's, uh, that's interesting. But I, I'm very interested, in, very interested in this dynamic with the Hispanic voters. Uh, just 25, 24% of Hispanic voters approve of the president's work. And here's, uh, let me approach this with, uh, w- with some foundational caveats. I think we need to be careful when we broad brush say all people of a certain ethnicity think the same way. Not all white people think the same way. Not all Hispanic people think the same way. Not all black people think the same way. Not all Asian people think the same way. Not all the people from Madagascar think the same way. Not a lot of people from Bora Bora think the same way. Not a people, a lot of the, not everybody from the planet Zarkon thinks the same way. So, I, and I think that's something that the, the media tends to violate that truth. They violate on a regular basis. Uh, so, Candace Owens is not going to have the same opinion as Maxine Waters, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, Nancy, who we've been talking about, our Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, she's not going to have the, you know, the, the same perspectives of, say, the uh, DA in Sacramento, right, Anne-Marie Schubert. Uh, so I, I think need, we need to be careful about making broad brush statements. However, I'm curious, and I know we have um, a lot of Hispanic listeners. How do you feel that President Biden is doing with his presidency? And do you do you find that 25 percent approval rating among Hispanic voters? Do you do you think that's right? Do you think that's accurate? I'd be interested in your perspective on that. If if you're um, uh, Hispanic and our listening audience. Do you think that's a, a correct read by the poll? And uh, how, how do you feel personally? How do you feel the president is handling his, his presidency? And especially as we look at the border, we look at uh, jobs, we look at the future, especially here in California. Uh, how, how do you feel? How do you feel about that? 209 551 3483. 209 551. 3483, our number. Before we get too far away from George Gascon and a press conference that he, uh, that he held on, uh, on Tuesday, uh, if you remember, this was uh, in the aftermath of the shooting and killing of two Almaty police officers, Corporal Michael uh, Paradis and Officer Joseph Santana. Remember, they were responding to a call of a stabbing at a motel on Garvey Avenue on the 14th of June. They found a man there with a handgun, a woman in one of the rooms. 
Uh, she walked out, then there was gunfire. The two officers were wounded. They later died at L.A. County USC Medical Center. Turns out <clears throat> that the uh, suspect, 35-year-old Justin Flores, he was shot by police <clears throat> while trying to flee. He later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound to his head. And he had had a history, and there was a lot of uh, criticism of George Gascone, noting that Mr. Flores would have been eligible for a minimum sentence of two years and six months under California's three-strikes law, but he had been uh, released on, on probation. He was ordered to serve, uh, after his last arrest, latest arrest, he was ordered to serve 20 days in jail and two years on probation. And this is the guy that could have been in jail for two years, two and a half years. But instead, he's out on probation. What does he do? He kills two police officers. So George Gascon, on Tuesday afternoon, decided to hold a press conference and talk about this. And he attempted to justify his decision to release Mr. Flores on probation. And in my opinion, he, he was splitting hairs about the circumstances. Well, Flores was a felon arrested in possession of drugs and a gun, but he wasn't using the gun. And he begins by pointing out, it's a little difficult to understand in this recording, but he begins by saying, the sole possession of a gun is not considered a violent crime. Simple possession of a gun is not considered a violent crime. Okay? He was arrested for possession of drugs and possession of a gun, not the use of a gun. Yeah, he was a felon in possession of a gun, Mr. Goscone. See, so sidestepped that with half-truths about the real issue. Flores was a convicted felon in possession of a gun involved in a drug deal. And that, that's punishable. That's punishable by two and a half years in jail under the three strikes law. And, and Gascon appeared, and I, as, of course, I can't show you his countenance during this time, but he seemed irritated by the fact that he was being questioned about this. And I really think in this next quote that it just shows his uncaring attitude. I don't think he was thinking about the fellow officers of the slain officers. I don't think he was thinking about their families. I think George Gascone was thinking about himself. Here's what I mean. Listen to this very carefully. We can if the thing to death. There's certainly many opportunities where a catastrophe, a tragedy could have occurred. Listen to his choice of words again at the beginning. We can if the thing to death. We can if this thing to death. And here he's holding a press conference about two police officers being murdered. We can if this thing to death. In my mind, that betrays George Gascon's lack of concern, lack of compassion, lack of even caring about the families of these officers or even about the officer's friends or their co-workers. And this is how 
George Goscone ended the press conference. Now, this is, I was reading a, a tweet by reporter Mil, Bill Malugan down there with the Fox News affiliate in Southern California. He said his colleague Matt Finn asked D.A. Goscone if he had a message for the parents of the dead cops. And this was Goscone's response. This is not about explaining. This is simply about clearing the record. Thank you so much. Ah. Uh. This is not about explaining. This is simply about clearing the record. Thank you. So not, this is not about explaining. This is about clearing the record. He's not going to speak. He doesn't have a message for the parents of the dead cops. It's not about explaining anything. This is not about explaining. This is simply about clearing the record. Thank you so much. About clearing the record. Thank you so much. And he exits stage right. <clears throat> If you've watched that, I don't think the man has a soul. I don't think he has a heart. I think he's corrupt, and I think he's heartless. That was disgusting, in my opinion. Eric Sadal is from the Association of Deputy District Attorneys. Here's his response to... District Attorney George Gascon. This is a gang member with a gun caught with ammunition in the middle of a drug deal, and he gives him probation. He gave him probation because of what uh, his policy was, not because it was the right thing to do. It wasn't the right thing to do. What's your reaction to that? What's your reaction to George Gascon's comment there, especially as it pertains to his final words. This is not about explaining. This is simply about clearing the record. Thank you so much. In response to, you have a message for the parents of the officers who were slain? Let's think about that for a few minutes. We'll be back and open the phones. 209-551-3483. What's your impression of George Goscone after that? 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes. Here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And uh, the phones are hot just like the weather. So let's uh, open up the phone lines 209 209- Five five one three four eight three. Been talking about Governor Newsom, his reaction to the Supreme Court decision today, and uh, press conference George Goscone had earlier this week. Let's find out what uh, Dennis from Lagrange has on his mind today. Hi, Dennis. Welcome. Hi, Mike. Well, it's just that uh, you know we're depending on the American people. I know you have a lot of faith in them. I do not. I take a look at what's transpired. In the last 50 years, and I just shake my head. I uh, and it's getting worse all the time. But it is beyond me how anybody with the slightest bit of intelligence, somebody like me, say, cannot hear the dripping arrogance that comes out of the mouth of people like Newsom and Gascon, and what that means. People seem to be all upset about Donald Trump, and he said a few things that are basically the truth, and uh, they didn't want to hear it. It wasn't presidential. Of course, we won't talk about what Democrats have said. But anyway, why can they not see this? It is just astounding to me. And their arrogance is such 
idiots, even though people like me with just a modicum of intelligence know that they are the idiots. Thanks, Mike. All right, Dennis, thanks for the call. By the way, uh, Dennis, you have way more than a modicum of intelligence. Uh, you're one of our, our great thinkers. I agree with you. I, I think it, it astounds me how many people have live in a bubble, really, and, and just will not see what's in front of them. And that, but that takes courage, Dennis. That takes courage, and it, it takes a willingness to say, Maybe I have this wrong, but I, I agree with you, especially. I think you uh, did you use the term dripping with arrogance that as I was watching George Goscone, there wasn't I'm watching his eyes even. I don't think the man has a compassionate bone in his body. I really don't. And when you say dripping with arrogance, I think that described him. I'm sorry. And I know that's not very pastoral, but uh, Dennis, I would agree with your uh, assessment there. Our phone number, 209-551-3483. Let's go to Manteca and Mike. Mike, welcome to the show today. What's on your mind? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Yeah, I was just thinking about a lot of things. You you had mentioned earlier the show, The Wild Wild West, and I'll, uh, after I make my comment, I'll give you a little hint on a show that ran from 1961 to 1966 and all the reruns are available it's called the life and legend of Wyatt Earp Mm. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out because all that was going on in that period of history when settling the wild wild west is depicted very well in that old tv show and uh that that was the one thing and I was thinking about the lawlessness and how disgusting it's getting these days and I read a quote online the other day that uh, I thought I might want to share with the group is according to strong thesis, law is a constitutive part of our freedom. Thus, without law, there is no freedom. Understanding freedom as freedom from the discretionary power of others. We can see the argument beginning to take shape. So if there is no law and order, there is no freedom. And as the law and order breaks down and we stop enforcing our laws, every step of the way we're losing our freedoms. And I just wanted to share that with the, with you and the group. Yeah, well said, Mike. I, I, I fully concur with that. And I think, Mike, when we start to let the rule of law become chipped away at, boy, that was not grammatical, but when we start to chip away at the rule of law, uh, we're sunk, and that's what we need to stand firm uh, against. Mike, thanks so much for your call. Appreciate that. And very quickly, uh, let's go to Kathleen in Oakdale. Uh, Kathleen, uh, what are your thoughts today? Well, I would just like to respond to uh, the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and to the uh, mayor, um, Gascon in New York City, that um, responsible gun ownership is the same as responsible rule of law, and that is um, that it's based on being necessary to the security of a free state. And neither one of them in their remarks today are um, are are, um, are responsible rule of law. They are not. They are the opposite of necessary to a. Um, uh, the security of a free state um, that mayor did not provide for the security of a free state at, at um, earlier and 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 now he's saying um, let's see uh, I just remember it as 
Oh, we can if this thing to death, which is just another way of saying um, we can stab it with our steely knives, but we just can't kill the beast, which is <laughs> from uh, Hotel Alit- California, from right? Hotel- <laughs> Yes, and it's, uh, that's a song about bad outcomes, and uh, it's basically it's like flipping us the bird, and uh, I, I, it's, it's not, and that is not necessary to uh, uh, being a free state, uh, to the security of a free state, yeah, mayor well, and governor. Wow, <laughs> Kathleen, that in a short amount of time, you you've almost left me speechless, which is uh, quite quite a thing to do to a radio host uh thank thanks for your even talking about hotel california uh just to clarify eric adams uh the mayor of new york and and uh george goscone the the uh, district attorney in in los angeles but i i think ah. i think yeah oh You're, that's clear okay yeah I, I, yeah I, I lost track of that story no no yeah and that's 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 fine but i, I think your comments are uh, are well taken anyway kathleen thanks so much for the call appreciate that and uh Man, I haven't thought of Hotel California for a, for a long time. Yeah, no, that doesn't end well, Kathleen. You're you're right. And uh, the rule of law is designed so that things will end well. And uh, I applaud the Supreme Court of the United States for their decision today. And uh, we'll, we'll wait with bated breaths, with a collective bated breath for tomorrow. We'll see what... Tomorrow brings from the Supreme Court of the United States of America and will honor the 20th anniversary of Advancing Vibrant Communities tomorrow as well. So join us here at 3 o'clock tomorrow on The Mike Douglas Show. Power Talk 1360 KFIV.